0: Hey, welcome to TBT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel. On this edition, we're going to check in with three teams competing in TBT's Northeast region. We're going to hear from Lance Goldburn from Big Apple Basketball, Malcolm Grant from Supernova, and Tyvon Williams and Dave Schoenhold from Basketball City. I think you'll enjoy these conversations. And if you want more information about any of those teams or any of the teams competing in TBT for that matter, check out thetournament.com. Lance
1: Goldburn playing with Big Apple Basketball.
0: Where does the team name come from?
1: Uh, Big Apple Basketball was uh, founded by Jason Curry um, in New York. It's a basketball program that, that caters for kids um, throughout New York City. Um, so he, he's, he's the founder. He's the GM of our team and the coach, and that's kind of where it is derived from.
0: How did this 2016 team come
1: together? Uh, again, with Jason. Jason, uh, he's been doing a lot of work in the past, past few months trying to gather some good players together to make a good team, make a run in the tournament. Um, he's called agents, he's called other players to try to to get guys together, the people that they might know. Um, he's worked really hard, and, I mean, all the credit really goes to Jason for putting everything together.
0: Why are you playing in TBT in
1: 2016? Well, uh, this is my third year playing. Um, the First year we made a deep run to the Final Four um, when it was back in Philly. Um, and honestly, just like anybody else, probably to, to win a large sum of money, um, it's a great opportunity, and also now it's getting a lot bigger, where um, there's a lot of spotlight on it, and it's probably good for my career also, just to be able to play and be on spotlight, and um, possibly on ESPN, everybody to see me play, and kind of just uh, market myself that way also. What would it mean to you to win TBT? Uh, it'd be a it'd be a great experience. It's kind of like almost like playing an NCAA tournament again. I mean, it's it's winner take all essentially, but not not for money. An NCAA tournament. Um it's, you know, one one game elimination. Uh, it's just a lot of fun to, to contribute in something like that. Again, similar to NCAA tournament where I had a lot of experience and a lot of fun. Um, and obviously, you know, winning a nice little chunk of change would be would be great. Also, the bank account. So um, those are my those are my reasons right there. Besides
0: yourselves, who do you think the best team in the Northeast region is?
1: Uh, I would say the team from Maryland, um, with uh, Kevin Durant's brother running that team. They've got a lot of uh, experienced players, um, some EuroLeague players, some former NBA players. um, And they've got a lot of talent put together. So I think they might be the team to beat other than us.
0: Uh, Lance, as you said, this is your third time playing at TBT. And I'm curious, from the first year to now, uh, what are your perceptions of what you thought about it going into 2014 and then what you're thinking about it now in 2016?
1: Oh man, the first year when Jason first called me, I didn't believe it. Um, I didn't understand the the makeup of the tournament. I didn't understand where the money was coming from. Um, I just, you know, Jason's a good guy, and I've known him for a while. So I said, "All right, I'll play." And when I found out it was real, it was like, "Okay, you know, now we're playing for a whole bunch of money here." Um, and as the years gone on, now it's incredibly mean. It's doubled every year from five hundred thousand to a million to two million. And I think the the organization has has really grown it well and it's very professional. Even from the first year, it was run very smoothly, um, no hiccups, in my least from what I saw, um, and everything's run great. And it's just some, something fun to participate in.
0: I think the key thing that you said is hiccups that you saw. Yeah. <laughs> there's always stuff. There's always stuff behind there's the stuff. scenes. But it's good to know
1: the background that you don't that you don't you probably <laughs> don't know. Because um, I was focused on playing, and um, you know, I mean, I'm sure you guys have had some 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 road bumps, but you covered them up pretty well from my from my point of view. So. That um that
0: first year when you guys advanced to the um to the semifinals in 2014, uh, there was an incredible game that was played on a Saturday night against um, the Hoopville Warriors, in mm-hmm. which Russell Robinson hit a game winning three on a pass from Smush Parker. Yeah. Um, end of the game scenario, buzzer beater the light goes off as the ball's in the air. Can you kind of walk us through what that was like on the court back in 2014?
1: Man, it was, it was actually a little hectic because that play wasn't supposed to go that way. It's supposed to be the opposite way. Russell was supposed to have the ball in his hands and, um, and smush was supposed to be one spotted up. And somehow the, the ball ended up in Smush's hands and he made a couple moves, got into the lane. I remember I was in front of Russell on the wing and I cut and drew his man with me and he was wide open. And, um, he sank it, and, I mean, Russell had made a few big shots that game and even the game before that. Um, it was just it was just a fun to be, like, that's like an NCAA thing, like I was talking about earlier. It's just anything happens. It's magic. So, I mean, that was really fun to be a part of, and uh, hopefully we're a part of games like that again and be on the winning side just like that.
0: Last year didn't advance quite as far, but still had a, a thrilling victory end of the game against uh, Basketball City as well. Yeah. Um, what is it about these end of the game scenarios that seems to be so successful for Big Apple basketball?
1: I don't know, man. I think um, New York guys. We had a lot of New York guys, and uh, just kind of grit and finding, trying to find a will to win. Um, you, you never know what's going to happen in those those late game situations, but we, we've gotten we've gotten lucky a few times, and um, I don't know. We just Seem to find a way, and everyone kind of comes together and finds a way. But, um, you know, I- I'm glad to have that luck on our side.
0: What is it about um, your relationship with Jason Curry that makes you sort of what seems to be like the indispensable man? You're the one returner from all three years for Big Apple Basketball.
1: Well, for myself, I'm a pretty loyal guy. Um, so I've been playing with Jason from day one, and I figured I just might as well stick with him. And we've been through it, This like it's going to be three years now. Um, I've known him for a long time from just uh, Big Apple basketball and New York basketball growing up in Brooklyn. Um, So I feel like I don't necessarily owe it to him, but I feel most comfortable playing with him. I wouldn't want to just randomly end up playing against him in TBT, you know. So I feel like our relationship is pretty good um, and we understand each other. And even when he gets a little riled up, I understand what he's thinking and he understands me. So it's just great to play with him
0: did you come up going through this big apple basketball program did you go to any of their clinics camps things like that
1: no i actually didn't um because because i went to a boarding school in princeton new jersey i wasn't i wasn't home a lot um but my brother and jason um are good friends and that's kind of how i met jason through my brother um just being like because my brother's kind of big in ny in, in basketball also and he's older than me so i was kind of like laverne's little brother and then when i became older i was i was more known um But no, growing up, I I just kind of, I played tennis and I played basketball. I was out in Jersey and then I played with uh, my New Heights, New Heights uh, AAU team. So I didn't have much to do with Big Apple basketball when I was younger.
0: Before we were talking, you were mentioned, before we started recording, rather, we were talking about your affinity for tennis. Talk about your background with the sport, what you find interesting about it. And if anything, what kind of translates to your basketball career now?
1: Yeah, well, my background, my dad put the racket in my hand when I was three years old. Um, so from a very young age, I uh, started playing tennis, started playing tournaments when I was 10 years old. Um, in terms of a, uh, the way it helps basketball, I think my footwork, my quickness from my from my height, um, I can contribute that to, to tennis. All the training I've done with that, uh, the short movements, the, the quick bursts and different change directions you have to have. Um, and I think just just for overall endurance is pretty good for basketball cause, and also mentally because you're out there on your own. Um, you can't blame anybody else, you have to take all the responsibility, so I think that's helped me a lot in my career in basketball um for sure yeah
0: basketball and um and football are probably what most consider to be the two tre- two the two of the true team sports you know you can't win with one guy, exactly. but there's still a collection of individual acts you know you if you don't put set that block, you're not going to allow the running back to run if you don't catch the ball on the receiving end of a pass, the best pass in the world doesn't matter um the mental aspect of tennis where you're out there on your own, can you talk about exactly how that translates to you playing basketball?
1: Well, it, it helps without, with responsibility for yourself. Okay. So with, in team sports, you know, it's, you you gotta, everyone has to do their job and I hold myself responsible to do my job on the court in basketball. And I I expect the same thing out of everybody else because I know I'm going to do my job because I'm, I I feel responsible for myself and getting my job done whether it's setting a screen for a shooter coming open, whether it's rolling hard or whether it's hitting my own shot or grabbing a rebound and outletting it or dribbling up the court, whatever it is, my job is I feel responsible to do that. And with tennis, everything is on you. So the mental aspect behind that is I'm responsible to get this done with nobody else's help in tennis and, and basketball translates for me is I'm responsible to do my job. So my team can win.
0: Um, Jason Often enters uh, Big Apple basketball teams in a lot of the events around New York. Uh, I know the Pro City League is one of them. Do you play with him in those events?
1: Yeah. Uh, the last the last year was the first year I played with him um, in Pro City. Um, this year will be second. It might have been the second year I played. No, last year was the second year I played with him. Uh, this year will be the third. We actually have a game tonight, <laughs> and um, so I'll be heading up there. Uh, that's the only one I play in because I don't I don't like playing outdoors. So that's the, <laughs> why is that? I, I don't the, the concrete hurts my my legs, so I I, I choose to not play uh, basketball outside mostly like in the park I play around but you know jumping and, and landing it kind of kind of hurts the shins a little bit so I choose to play indoors but um, Pro City is a good league a lot of good a lot of good pros playing there that are from New York so it's a it's a pretty good one that's one I choose to play in.
0: Are any of these guys that you're going to be playing with in TBT going to play with you in uh, these uh, the Pro City League tonight with um, Jason?
1: Yeah um, I know Rod Odom is playing with us tonight um, we went to Vanderbilt together and uh, we're good friends. Um, I don't know about the other guys tonight, but he, he's trying to, to get some team camaraderie going. So we, ha- we might have three or four guys. Um, this will be my first game tonight, so I'm not sure who's coming. You know who knows I'm coming. But, um, yeah, he's trying to get everybody to play uh, just so we get some camaraderie before the tournament, learn each other's game a little bit, get a feel for each other. So I'm, I would assume there's four or five guys that will be playing.
0: How much recruiting did you do to get Rod to play with you?
1: I tried to get Rod last year, um, and it kind of fell through. And um, I think that kind of led to this year um, him playing with the team. Uh, Jason knows he's he's a very good player. I got Rod to play with us in in Pro City, and Jason got to coach him a little bit and see how good of a player he is. Um, this year, I think Jason was just like, yeah, he's a good player. He's tall. He can shoot it. He can stretch it. He's physical. Plays defense. Um, so it was probably a fifty-fifty job. I, I I suggested Rod, and then Jason did the the legwork and was like, okay, we'll get him.
0: Have you played with any, any of these other guys before?
1: Um, I've played with Rod, obviously. Um, man, have I played with anybody else? I'm not sure, actually. If I have, a, maybe one game or two here in, in a tournament or something, but not like not like I, like in college with Rod. Rod's the only guy I know. Like, no, no.
0: You, um, you played in France this past season. I think you yep. played in Turkey in the past as well. Yep. Um, can you talk a little bit about what it's like going from – playing in the SEC making the NCAA tournament and now you're playing overseas in, in you know some of the coolest countries in the world
1: yeah it's it's a lot different um, professional basketball and, and college basketball is is very different because you know in college you kind of develop a brotherhood with people you know you're with them for at least I mean at most four years but a lot of guys I was there with, with rod for two years and we're like brothers now um, you see each other every day you work out with each other every day um, when you play professional basketball overseas you you, cut, you move around, usually it's one year removed and you go on to the next place. So you don't really get to really build a, a bond with people necessarily. Um, some guys I still keep in contact with. Um, but playing in Europe has been a lot. It's been a great experience. I get to travel and see a lot of things I wouldn't have seen if I wasn't playing basketball. Um, like this year I was in France and I, I was, I got to go to Spain and Italy and London and all over the place. Just on two If I have two days off, I try to go somewhere and go see something. Uh, so besides basketball, it's a really, really great cultural experience um, to be able to see some things that never grew up seeing. Um, did,
0: you, did you get to the French Open this year?
1: I did not. I actually chose to go to Madrid instead because my my, my good friend plays for Real Madrid, so I, I went over there to see uh, their playoffs. I tried to go, I just couldn't fit it in. Um, I wanted to come home and see family. So, um, but yeah, playing in Europe, man, it, it's it's a really surreal experience. Um, it's something I'll remember for a long time, just because. It's free It's free travel almost. Like, yeah, I, I get to bounce around and see a whole bunch of things. And the basketball aspect is a lot different. Um, yeah, American basketball is probably a little bit more athletic. Um, but in France, it's pretty athletic at, also. Uh, playing in Turkey was interesting. This the basketball in different countries is very different. Like you can notice a little bit of difference everywhere. Every, each country has their own flavor. What do
0: you – I guess I should ask. You know, obviously, uh, you're hopefully going to have a you know long and fruitful career in basketball. But you seem like you have a lot of interest outside of the game as well. What do you want to do professionally in the long term for your life? Do you have it? Have you thought about that?
1: Man, I, I've thought about it a lot. There's so many things that bounce off my head every day. Um, I studied economics at Vanderbilt, so um, a lot of things like that come to mind. Like not necessarily Wall Street type stuff, but just like you know, like asset management things like that. Maybe work for a hedge fund. I did an internship with a hedge fund back. Few years, um, stuff like that. Um, that stuff's kind of that's like the basic thing I would want to do because that was like, that was my major and that's what I studied in college. Um, I do want to stay in sports. I think about coaching sometimes, um, just something simple. Not like I don't know, if college coaching is for me. It's a lot, it's a lot, a lot of demands on you. But I think if I was a, like a head coach in a high school and like taught math or something, that would be okay with me. Or maybe starting a sports program similar to Big Apple basketball um so i've got a lot of things that i've thought about um it's man i honestly couldn't tell you one thing i really wanted to do right now but i feel like having a a few options in my head will be okay for me when i'm when i'm done
0: absolutely that's that's really the key is knowing that you have those options and and knowing
1: what you're interested in yeah
0: um okay it's june 30th i'm going to put you on the record who do you think is going to win
1: wimbledon on the men's side on the men's side i I gotta go with Djokovic. i've got
0: playing too well lately
1: yeah, I mean, he, to me, I just had this conversation with my father last night. I, he's far and away the like the best player out there right now. And Andy Murray is really good, but when you've won four straight Grand Slams dating back to last year, you're you're far and away better than anybody else. And he's always going to be the guy to beat. If he gets beat, I'll be surprised. I won't be shocked, but I'll be surprised. Um, and I, I just I think he's the guy.
0: All right. I know Wimbledon's on right now and you probably want to get back to watching your tennis. I appreciate your time, Lance.
1: Uh, No problem at all, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Good luck in Philly. All right. Thank you. Take care.
2: Malcolm Grant, Supernova.
0: Where does the team name come from?
2: I believe, well, you know, it stems off of Villanova and, you know, I think we have a lot of great players. So, you know, we kind of call ourselves like super, like, you know, superheroes, I'm assuming.
0: How did this team come together?
2: Guys just, you know, we wanted to compete for the $2 million. Uh, guys stay in contact with each other throughout the season when they're playing overseas. And, you know, we said it would be a good idea to compete for it and, and try to win it all.
0: Why are you guys playing in TBT?
2: Um, I think it's fun. You know, we're all big-time competitors. And, you know, $2 million, that's a lot of money. Who don't want to win that?
0: What would it mean to actually win TBT? It
2: would mean a lot. Um... You know, to, to come together as a team and, you know, guys that you went to school with and you have a friendship with to win uh, money like that together would be a great accomplishment.
0: Which team in the Northeast region besides yourselves do you think is the best?
2: That's a tough question. It's a lot of good teams, but um, speaking to the guys I hear Johnny Flynn, Syracuse, and those days, they have a good team. So they might give us a run for our money.
0: Now, in terms of your background, Malcolm, you started off at Villanova. You spent your first uh-huh. year there and then you ended up uh, transferring down to Miami. Yes. Now, how difficult of a transition was it for you weather-wise to go from the Northeast out of Miami for the winter?
2: Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't hard at all. You know, you're going from rain and, and, and a lot of cold weather to going to Miami, South Beach. It's nice out there, so I adjusted very fast.
0: What was it like there your first year at Villanova? You played with all these guys, Reggie Redding, Antonio Pena, Scotty Reynolds, Corey Fisher. You played there with them your first year, right?
2: Right. It was great, man. It was a great experience. I miss it a lot. I think about it to this day, uh, believe it or not. And you know, it's always family. I speak to Coach Wright on a daily basis. And you know, those guys will always be family to me.
0: So you're still in touch with Coach Wright now?
2: Definitely. When he won a championship, I text him and he texted me back, Malky. You know, he used to call me Malky in the house, so he texted me back Malky, and you know, it's always good to hear from him. And I'm really happy for him. It was a big time accomplishment.
0: Were you so you must have been cheering along from up in Canada where you were playing this year as you were watching that championship game, right?
2: Definitely, definitely. You know, when they played against my team, I was kind of nervous, you know, because I still have people from Miami, from Nova. So, you know, I just, I didn't say anything. I just let the game go by. And then once they won, you know, I was rooting for them, of course.
0: In terms of um, talking to Coach Wright, is he aware of what's going on with this team? Have you heard any scuttlebutt about him maybe giving some pointers on who to pick up and who who he might be able to to lead? No, to? I
2: didn't hear anything yet. I didn't hear anything yet, but I'm supposed to go down there soon. Me and Corey are supposed to go down there. So, you know, I'll talk to him and. And we'll see what he has to say. You know, he has a lot of great plans. So, you know, it'd be good to hear. Now,
0: you're a New York guy through and through from Brooklyn. And I'm curious, um, can you give us a little bit of background on what the summer basketball scene is like up there in Brooklyn? We were talking before, I mean, not in Brooklyn, but New York. It sounds like you're playing almost every night of the, the week.
2: Man, I've been playing since Monday. From Monday, I've had games every night. It's, it's the greatest feeling in the world because, you know, when you play in these tournaments, it's always a packed house. You're playing against good competition. Then you have guys in the crowd that's you know, edging you on and, and hyping up matchups. So it's the greatest feeling in the world, man. Dykeman was a, a great atmosphere last night. And then Gersh Park, which is one of the best tournaments in New York, we played there Friday. So I'm excited, man. It's the best time in the world.
0: Now, when you get down to TPT, you guys are going to practice ahead of time and get yourselves organized and throw in a few plays. What What kind of things do you have planned so far?
2: I don't know. Yeah, you know, I can't give all away I can't give away the answers yet, but you know, I should tell everybody just stay tuned. It's gonna be fun. Uh we're gonna be a great team to watch and we're gonna bring it, man. Villanova basketball. That's what Coach Wright used to always tell us.
0: In terms of, you know, calling the plays and, you know, who's gonna make decisions about substitutions, timeouts and stuff like that, what's the plan in that regard?
2: I think um well when we find out who's coaching us, I don't think we decided yet, but once we find out, you know, it's uh everybody knows everybody's game and what we bring to the table. So once we figure that out, I think it's going to be great, and we, I think we're going to be successful.
0: What, who's in the running? Who are the, some of the names that you guys are talking about?
2: Uh, my guy, Cal Sample. He's always been around the program. He's, um, he's really close with Cal Lowry. Um, maybe some of the coaches from the staff. I'm not sure yet, to be honest. I have to keep talking to me. And scotty has been talking every day, so he's going to update me and let me know.
0: I've heard Cal Lowry is a candidate himself to coach the team. Is that, that any, any truth to that know? rumor?
2: That would be great. We don't know yet. You know, we have to stay tuned and see what happens. But why not have Kyle coach as he played there? Um, he just had a great season this year. Very proud of him. So why not have him coach us?
0: How, um, how uh, aware of you in terms of all the other teams that are competing, not just in the Northeast, but like, like around the country? You, do you watch it? Are you aware of who's playing? Do you guys talk about it at all?
2: Not really, because we know what we bring to the table. We know we're going to play hard. We're going to bring it. And we're just focusing on us, understanding you know, what we bring to the table, how we're going to adjust, what we're going to do when we get on the court. And that's it. And whoever's in front of us, we go from there.
0: There's a bunch of Philly teams playing this year. You know, you've know, you got a team from LaSalle. You've got a team from Temple. You've got, obviously, the Villanova team. Is that going to be fun for you to kind of get back into that big five basketball scenario?
2: Definitely going to be fun. Uh, I have a friend of us playing on LaSalle, Ty Garland. He played with me in Canada two years ago. We're really close friends, so it'll be great matching up against him, you know, talking some smack, talking trash to each other, but it's all fun.
0: Now, you mentioned Syracuse as one of the teams that you've got your eye on in the Northeast right. region, and obviously they've got one of the biggest lightning rods in basketball in Eric Devendorf. Have you ever had any oh, run-ins with him? Are you looking forward to matching up with him again?
2: Um, I've actually had a workout with him one time, and I can say he can really play basketball, man. He's skilled. I mean – shoot left-handed floaters, has good moves off the dribble, can shoot it. He's a tough guard. So like I said, that's going to be a great game if we play against him. Me and Johnny go way back from playing against each other in camp. So I'm excited.
0: What are, you, um, what are you looking forward to in your career? I know you mentioned before we started that you played up in Canada this year and right. you wanted to get a full season under your belt. But what are some of the things that you've kind of gone through in your career uh, that has led you to this point? And are you looking at TBT as an opportunity to maybe get some exposure beyond uh, what you've been able to do so far?
2: Definitely. TBT is a great uh platform for me to showcase my talent, show what I can do. You know, I've kind of got lost behind the scenes, you know, going through different agents. And, you know, people don't understand it's a lot that goes into turning into a professional basketball player. So I think I finally found a great agent, Mike Burden, who's been helping me. Um, and I'm trying to get to Europe. I'm trying to get to the highest level. You know, I'm a great competitor and I want to play at the highest level. So. I played in Canada this past season. I had the chance to show what I can do. I had a chance to finish a season. So now I'm just waiting to see where I'm going to end up next. Well,
0: in terms of the experience of going from a big-time Big East program like Miami and Villanova, and then now you're really trying to establish your name for yourself as a professional. What is, what mm-hmm. is that like? You know, like, In other words, like you're playing on national TV. You're playing in tournaments. You're doing all of the stuff that everybody associates with big-time basketball. And then you become a pro and you have to almost reestablish yourself all over again. What is that like to you as a, as a basketball player to kind of be at that really high level and then maybe fly under the radar for a little while and then try to get back up again? What is that like emotionally for you?
2: It's tough, man. It's tough. I'm not going to lie to you. It's really tough because, like you said, I've played in Big East. I've played in the ACC. I've showed on numerous occasions what I can do, but what you have to understand, it's a lot that goes into basketball as far as um you know politics who you know so with this opportunity I just really want to show what I can do and show the world that you know I can play this game man at a high level and it's a great opportunity I'm very thankful for it and I can't wait man July 16th can't come any faster
0: um we've had quite a few Miami guys play in TPT before Julian Gamble has played um Kenny Kaji played, played a few team. years ago what's that
2: Julian just got married, too. Yeah,
0: So I'm weekend. curious, like, have you spoken, and there were a couple of guys from the Ansel alumni team last year that went to Miami as well. Um, what is the uh, – have you guys talked to about that at all in terms of the Miami connection of maybe forming a Miami alumni team to to take on some of these other
2: alumni ones? You know, what's funny is once they found out that I was playing with Villanova, they kind of felt the way about that. Like, man, you, you only played it for a year. You know, you, we were our brothers, and you played with us. So everybody was saying, man, we should form a team together. So, you know, after this year, we'll see how it goes. But if not, then, you know, we're going to we're going to try to get something together because that would be a great experience, too.
0: When you were there in Miami, it was almost like the basketball program was doing great while the football program was down below. Yeah. I mean, and that's and totally backwards. Right, was, that, right. was that weird on campus that the football team had always had that reputation as being the world beaters and and you guys were actually the ones that were getting it done?
2: Mm, Um, it was up and down, you know, but the thing I love about Miami is that it was always a family atmosphere. So, you know, we would have guys from the football team come to our games and cheers on and vice versa. We would go to their games and cheer for them. So, you know, it's all competition. Everybody wants to be the best on campus, but at the same time, everybody supported each other. And that was the greatest feeling ever.
0: Malcolm, I really appreciate your time. We'll see you down in uh, Philadelphia on July 16th. I know you're looking forward to it. And so are we.
2: Okay, thank you, man. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. I appreciate it. All right, we'll talk soon. Tyvon Williams, Basketball City.
0: Where does the team name come from?
3: The team name comes from the actual organization because Basketball City, Basketball City is has been in New York for about I don't know, I say maybe twenty plus years, and um, I'm not sure exactly where the name came from, but because I've only started working with them for about five years. So, but that's one of the
0: main. How did this team come together, the TBT team? Well, being that I grew
3: up down here in the Lower East Side of Manhattan, and um, I, was a, I was very, very heavy in basketball growing up, and I know a lot of guys in the tri-state area. So uh, all I did was contact Dave and tell him about, you know, some of the guys that I knew, and uh, that's, how we, uh, that's how we pretty much put the whole team together.
0: Why are you guys playing in TBT?
3: Why? I mean, who who wouldn't want to play for two million dollars? Who wouldn't want to do that?
0: What would it mean to you to win TBT?
3: (laughs) Who would uh, wait? Say that again.
0: What would it mean to win TBT to you?
3: Uh, well, two million dollars is a life is definitely a life changing, life changing thing. Like two million dollars what it what it will mean? It'll mean everything. Uh, it'll show us that you know, we, as of right now, we are the underdogs, you know, the guys that are on our team, uh, most of us played overseas, but, you know, we all tried that, tried to get to where everyone else is trying to get. And that's to the league. That's the NBA. And uh, some of us were never given that opportunity. So when we get a chance to play in something like this to be seen, you know, this means, this means anything. If we win, you know, it can open up doors for some of us and, you know, to to bigger and better contracts, uh, you know. But it's definitely would uh, would mean a lot. You know.
0: Which team in the Northeast region besides yourselves do you think is the best? I have to say Syracuse. All right, that's interesting. So how come you say Syracuse?
3: Because they won the national championship. Those guys have been playing with each other for years. They all know each other's games, you know. Yeah. That's the only – because in TBT, there's a lot of teams that have big names, but it really comes down to the chemistry that the teams have. And so, uh,
0: I, so in terms of in terms of your experience last year with Basketball City, what was that? That was your first time playing in TBT. What was your takeaway from the event in 2015?
3: I was uh, very determined to play again the next year.
0: <laughs> but why? Interesting. Why is that?
3: Because the level of play. Playing at that level is is something that doesn't happen often, and uh, and usually when you play at that level, the best comes out. And uh, we had a we had a really good shot at, at uh, play, we played against Big Apple last time, and we had a really good shot at, at beating them, and we ended up losing at the buzzer beater.
4: Uh,
3: so, um, but we definitely feel that we can play against anybody in this tournament.
0: And I I know that um, that the GM Dave Schoenholt is there too, Dave, and I'm hoping you could join us as we're as we're talking through this. But your experience uh, with TBT has been different as well because you've actually tried to organize the team, get all the votes for the for the squad, and and actually raised the fundraising um, campaign as well, which you guys uh, prevailed in the Northeast region. What's your takeaway from TBT from last year, and then going into this year?
4: It's just I mean, last year it was hard in its own right. I think last year we got. Two hundred and eighty something votes and got an automatic bid, if you told me in march hey you're going to get seven hundred plus votes and you're going to be you know six hundred votes away from getting an automatic bid, I would have said no way, but it's just look at the popularity, look how it's grown, look how you guys have marketed well and the other regions growing and it's it just shows how many people want to play in this event, and it was a lot a lot of work, a lot of work and it wasn't just me tied to a lot of work a lot of the guys on the team did work um, just networking through everyone we knew um it was it was you know a shout out to all the guys in the league who came my league who came out and voted it was tough and and thank, thankful to the people that helped and donated at the end for that great cause to get us in because without them we would not be here so
0: in terms of actually constructing the team and getting the players to play what is the relationship between you two guys in terms of how those decisions are made is it just you two or are there other voices in the room that are having a say
3: well we've really been the main people that, that put this whole team together.
4: Um, We've got Cliff. We, well, Cliff we has, Cliff. Cliff. We Cliff have has quite a loud voice. Our coach, Cliff Morgan, who's who um, runs our youth programs uh, in terms of uh, our camp, um, he's, a, he's a pretty dominant voice in the huddle. He's 6'9". He used to coach for the Knicks uh, on the bench. So he, he makes sure his voice is known loud and clear often. Um, and uh, we have an assistant coach, Mike Collins, who's our youth director, who coached at uh, Stevens Institute of Technology at D3 School in uh, New Jersey. And he's a great new addition for us. So he's going to be helping us on the bench. And we all kind of evaluate and, and we see what fits best. And I don't know if you saw, you know, Miracle with, with the you know, U.S. hockey team at Lake Placid, but it's not always about the 12 best guys or the 12 best basketball players in the room. It's about, you know, the, the 11 or 12 guys who mesh the best and make the best team. And that's, that's where we feel we have an edge um, and the teamwork's going to come through and the practice time is going to come through.
0: And okay. Dave, Ty mentioned at the beginning, but so – Tell everyone that doesn't know what Basketball City is. What, what is this, this organization?
4: So Basketball City is a a large event, in athletic space on the Lower Side of Manhattan. We have seven full courts. Um, It's the best spot in the city unless you can get gym time at MSG or Barclays to come play basketball. We have adult leagues. We have youth programs. Right now, downstairs, we have an incredible junior NBA function happening right now. All the NBA draftees are about to come down. You know, we're going to have Ben Simmons, Brandon Ingram, Jamal Murray, you name it. They're going to run a community program. Um, working with schools, working with our campers, it's the junior NBA skills challenge associated with that. So we have all sorts of events happening like that, um, that make this place just kind of like a basketball Mecca in New York city and finding a spot like this in the middle of a city like this is just, you know, your eyes pop when you come in, even the, you know, the NBA stars, Westbrook comes in here for an Oklahoma city practice. It's like, Whoa, look at this. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool.
0: So Tevon, I, I take it you guys don't have any, any trouble getting practice time ahead of TBT, right?
3: The only trouble that we have with practice time is some of the guys. The guys, <laughs> they're all different place, doing all different types of stuff, and uh, getting all of, getting all of us together at one time can be a little
0: tough.
4: But uh, is
0: everybody is everybody on the team New York City based?
4: Yes. Mostly, everybody has some has some roots in New York City. Um, whether they're actually like born and raised in New York City, we have a lot of international flavor on our team from Abendoy to Chumatabam, to Tyran, to Latabutia, I hope I pronounced his name right. But those guys are you know, born and bred outside the U.S. But everyone has a connection to New York City, whether they've stayed here over summer or they have family here or whatnot. Um, we try to do that. It's If we can't all practice together, then it makes no sense to have a team.
0: Timon, you mentioned it earlier, but you guys fell just short against bas- uh, Big Apple basketball last year. And I know that Big Apple is a common participant in a lot of the New York summer circuits, um, pro city in particular. Do you guys compete against them? And do they ever hold that over your head? Uh, that game that you had against them last year?
3: Actually, no, I haven't spoken to anybody about that game. That was that, that played on that team. No.
4: No, oh, I'll disagree. I saw, I saw Glover at a workout about a month later he was here and he, you know, he, he gave me an elbow. He was like, like that tip. huh?" Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I mean, you'll, see them, you'll run into them every now and then. Um, but, I, you know, I did see Glover's a great guy. And, you know, as, as Carmen would have it, he hurt his finger five minutes into that workout. So I think he's fine now. But, uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> let, me, um, let me ask you a hypothetical. Um, you either have the chance to avenge that loss against Big Apple last year in the regional championship in, the, in Philadelphia, or you don't get to play them at all and you make it to the semifinals back in New, New York. Which one would you guys rather do?
4: I don't, I don't
3: think it matters.
4: I don't. I mean, I want to get as far as possible. Yeah, to be honest, far. those events the Big Apple's Big Apple's roster, but they don't have the same roster as they did last year. I'd want to play against those guys. I'm not sure they have any crossovers besides Lance Goldberg. So you know, it, it would be like a whole new game against them. It'd be nice to be Jason Curry, but um, in terms of beating those guys, you know, you want to make it as far as possible. Look at how much online the never gets us to new york
0: in terms of your ability to um to play as a team and as a cohesive unit obviously practice is going to be important and stuff like that um but one of you said earlier on that you think you're going to be an underdog why do you think that you'll be perceived that way it's not like you, you mean you have pros on the team it's not like you know you're, you're coming in there with
4: almost every team in this tournament has pros i mean we are you know that's almost a requisite to do anything in this tournament at this point um you know, I think that people are going to perceive us as an underdog because they're going to see the schools. They're going to see the names. They're going to see who are these guys. Besides of the guys who play in New York regularly and play head-to-head against the Demetrius Conger, against an Isaiah Wilkerson, against the George Beeman, you know, against the Tyvon, they're not going to know these guys from anything. I mean, I found an article in the big lead on Christian Burns, who was on the Drexel team last year when we played them, and his quote just summed it up perfectly. We had no idea who these guys were. We, you know, they're out there running plays, and we had never heard of anyone on that roster. And we came in, and we thought we were going to beat them. And they have seven-footers popping, 18-foot jays. And we hope that people have no idea who we are and take us lightly, because we have 11 guys who can play. Um, and the general public, I assume, will say, what? What's the best school that anyone wanted? St. Bonaventure? You've got teams full of Nova guys, teams full of Pick guys, teams full of Syracuse guys. I, if I was them, I wouldn't take us, you know, wouldn't think us as a favorite either. So, Give us a double-digit seed and we'll do whatever we can with it. We're fine with
0: that. Taman, you mentioned before we started that you actually played in Mongolia this past year. And I wanted to spend just a couple of minutes talking about that. What was that like? How did you end up in Mongolia? What is it? I mean, I have no idea. It's like so far away from any place I could either, even dream of traveling to, never mind living in.
3: Yeah, well, well, Mongolia is literally in between China and Russia. And how I got that deal... I'm not sure if you're familiar of a player. He's an older guy, uh, probably in his mid-30s now. His name is Tommy Lee Smith. He played for uh, Chicago Bulls. He, uh, he graduated from Arizona State. He, he, he played like the- on Yeah, he played yeah, yeah. exactly, S-Lonely. Exactly. So he's like my best friend, like, pretty much. And I played with him in Qatar because I was in Qatar for two years. And um, ever since then, he's been trying to get me on his teams because I, I guess I'm the best point guard he's ever played with that knows his game, so... But um, he got me the gig in Mongolia, and when I got there, as soon as I got off the plane, I didn't realize how cold it was. And when that air, when that air hit me, my thing, I felt like I just walked into a freezer. <laughs> it was that cold, and um, I was sick for about maybe three weeks because the air is very is uh, is very polluted. Um, their power plant is like literally in the middle of the city, and it's not supposed to be there. Um. Uh, my teammates were great. Uh, got into got into a couple right. <laughs> got into a couple uh, altercations because of some Mongolians, but other than that, <laughs> it makes, it makes
0: Mongolians. Sense. You know, I I mean, I just think like going back thousands of years, Mongolians seem like the last group of people you probably want to mess with. I mean,
4: <laughs> is that your experience? Sure, Yes, I think, I think drunk Mongolians are uh, worse. <laughs> when yeah. they drink,
3: they drink to a whole different level.
0: That's it's amazing. Insane. Well, I appreciate your t- your time today, guys, and uh, looking forward to seeing you. I'm going to get a chance to meet you in person in Philadelphia. And um, really, best of luck. Make sure you get everybody to show up for those practices, Tyvon. You got the space. You got no, no excuse for them not to show up. Yeah, I'm trying. All right, guys. I'll talk to you thank soon. Thank you so much,
4: Dan. Really. Take it.
0: Yeah. Thank you.
2: Bye-bye.